Hi, I'm Derek. And I'm Drew. And we are on our journey to become better leaders by touring fantastic worlds and inspiring lore by going on a wonder tour. We connect leadership concepts to story context because it sticks to our brains better. You can find out more at wondertourpodcast.com. All right, everybody. We're going back to New York City and we're bringing elf-like wonder Get your Christmas spirit on. It's time to become curious explorers, seeing everything through the eyes of Buddy the Elf. Welcome to Wonder Tour, where we're singing. We're singing a song. Singing is my favorite. Yeah, singing (laughs) is my favorite too. Um, Yeah, and when you bust out into song, isn't it inspiring? I mean, in the most inopportune times, of course. um, I think probably. Did you ever know that you were my hero? Uh, I have done that before to. my wife, especially, um, you know, and you just kind of, you know, it's not about you. It's about the moment and you want to seize the moment and you do something crazy, something silly. And, you know, as we talked about in the previous episode, it can go one of two ways, (laughs) Um, but you take a risk and you commit to that risk and the risk payoff is inspiration, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly right. You, We're trying to create genuine inspiration in ourselves and others as magnanimous leaders. I think that's something that is certainly what we're targeting to do. And in order to do that, you have different tools in the tool belt. I like the there and there's like a whole section of the tool belt that's like a childlike tools, right? Like these these children's tools, essentially, are like things that kids do a lot. Singing is a perfect example of that. Kids like to sing. Adults have a much more of a filter on it and won't sing in front of other people or whatever. And so when you do break that and you just randomly start singing, that can create a moment where you can break a gridlock, for example, right? Everybody's stuck and you can kind of break through there or, you know, we're just, you're just in a somber mood or everybody's tired or something and you, but we need to get up for one more round. Like we we can't go to bed yet. We still have to go, you know, visit the other side of the family. (laughs) So it's time to start singing. Yeah, I mean, it gets you from going from, I know what's going to happen next. He's going to fall asleep. She's going to leave to, I don't know what's going to happen next. And that, and isn't that the process of being inspired? I don't know what's going to happen next. I'm so excited about what's going to happen next because I don't know. And uh, curiosity is the catalyst to get you there. Um, And I think we were we were talking either in the last episode or just kind of offline, whatever, it doesn't matter, you know, that creativity and curiosity, 
I said that they kind of live in the same question mark. Um, it's just this, I don't know, for me, it's this like amorphous blob and, and one kind of plays off the other. Right. And we're not obviously going into creativity this time, but, um, you know, curiosity is this extension, this arm that emerges and, uh, from creativity and says, you know, I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to do something here. Um, I hope you like the show. <laughs> so, and you There's just imagination go it. to it, right? There's curiosity has a necessary input of imagination. In order to be curious, you have to imagine things. You have to see, you know, you have to be projecting things that might not yet be. And you're trying to, like, I, the way I think about it in my head a lot of the time is I'm looking at reality, but then I got another kind of image that's going on in my head of, where I'm like trying these different objects into this space and trying to figure out like, oh, is that like how it works or is that how it works? Or maybe it's that way. And I'm always trying to hold these things loosely, right? Like the the situation, the space that I'm in, when I'm especially when I'm in that naive state, just trying to understand things, it's like I'm constantly being handed new objects that I've never seen before, right? Like it's like, you know, you're showing Buddy the Elf the, the what's it called, the spinning doors. And he's like never seen it before so you're like all right i'll try that on in this in this like 3d model that i've got going in my head then you hand me that and hand me another thing hand me another thing and i'm like holding all these things i'm like all right like let's try to put these things together into something that makes sense and then sometimes you get something and when you have imagination with it the best part is sometimes you you make something really funny and you're like left sitting there laughing at least this happens to me i'm like you know you know it's not a room where people are laughing but i'm kind of laughing to myself because like i put the model together in a weird way and i know it's not right but i enjoy how i put it together because i'm like what if it was that way that would be really good <laughs> oh i love that i mean i think that i think you should definitely be inspired by your own curiosity and your own you know, the things that you're coming up with and the things that you are. Oh, I, I mean, you know, part of part of being inspired to be more curious is honestly finding something. And you're like, I didn't. I, I one of my favorites is is I, I have this game I play sometimes where I will come up with a crazy idea to solve a problem around my house and then I'll go Google it to see if it's real. Right. And uh, and it's funny because I'll be like wow, somebody actually did think of that, but the execution wasn't the best. You know, like I would not find myself as a consumer buying the product because I'm like, wait a minute. No, no, no. I, I know I could possibly make that a little better for me. Um, you know, and I, and I, but it's a fun game, right? You kind of, um, you kind of sample in that way. You use curiosity to sample and, and you kind of attune your curiosity. And I, I think that's kind of, a good way to get to the point where you're more inspiring. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think this is all obviously hinged upon some of the previous stuff that we talked about. So in our original series on growth mindset, right? This is the growth mindset is a founding piece of this curiosity. It's a starting point for curiosity is a growth mindset. We must seek to understand things, have an open mind that can close tight around things once we understand them and have a good idea of them. That's the model that we've been playing with here in the last couple episodes of naivety and predictive. So with that, we're trying to tackle this question, and this is really tough, is how do we have inspiring curiosity? Because I know I've been having conversations as we've gone into this Curious Explorers series here with different people and 
a part of the feedback is I'm just not a curious person. I just must not be curious. So let's start with that, Derek. Is curiosity a gift or is it a skill? Oh, man. You had to ask me that question, huh? It, you know, and I say that because I, I think it's very much, um, I think it's innate to some people. I, I think it's undeniably innate to some people. Um, and I've seen people give it purpose. I've seen people kind of confuse the purpose. So where they just have a lot of different, I would say this is more of the tinkerer type maybe that, and, and maybe it's fine for them and I'm pretty sure it is, but like ultimately are all these tinkerings are all these things that you're curious about, are they leading somewhere? Right. So there's that, right. That, that, that the gift was given to them and they are curious about a lot of things, but it didn't really take them down the path. It, it could still, you know, obviously. Um, and I have those days where I've kind of said to myself, but how are these things connected, right? And maybe that's how curiosity and creativity are linked because um, you're trying to find the connections between the things you're curious about. Um, but when it comes to being a skill, I, I think it is something that you have to get a taste for first and you have to see it materialize in your own life before you find that there is a purpose behind it. I think when it is a skill, it has to be because you found a purpose for it. What do you think about that? Mm, I like where you're taking this. That makes sense. It's it's it is primarily a skill, is kind of what you're saying. But it is a skill that you will struggle to progress unless you're seeing actual progress on it. Unless you're seeing live examples of that curiosity kind of taking off or paying out, which is not the point of curiosity. So <laughs> it's a little bit tricky there because the point of being curious is not so that there's a payout at the end. Um, it's just it's really because we're, we want to, at least for me, we want to be the type of people that make the world better, that spread love to you know anybody and everybody that we come in contact with. And if that is the case, then we... You know, we go back to empathy. We want to empathize well with people. And in order to empathize well with people, you have to be curious. So it's almost this contingent thing. In order to be a great leader, you have to understand people around you. And and, and if you want to make the world better, you have to understand people around you. Thus, you, it, you have to be curious. You have to take a curious angle on things. Otherwise, you're just going to fail to understand the people and you're going to prescribe the wrong solutions and you're going to, right, you're going to fail to have that naive phase and, and or, or enough of that naive phase, the right naive phase, and you're going to jump right to predictions and cause a whole bunch of problems. When you jump into being assumptive about somebody you've, you know, without spending that time on them, I think that's good. I like this, uh, this context of people and you know curiosity around people because i'd say that people are probably uh one of the most you know interesting things people you know i don't say things but you know what i'm saying uh interesting subjects to study uh when you are trying to be curious because they are quite different person to person uh i will say this that um it's something that i have to break out of being an introvert but it's that um i can get really exhausted you know, doing my study, doing my curiosity, asking questions, um, put two people in a party, one an introvert, one an extrovert. Um, the extrovert is going to find out a lot of, uh, 
just general information like uh you know and it, it tends to be templatized i'm not going to say this is totally the case but you can stop me where you think i'm wrong with this but it could be i found out their name i found out their uh the number of children that they have i found out you know uh their hobbies um, it could be things that go kind of in a formulaic type fashion and an introvert is going to go up to a person and say they really like potato chips and dip they really like potato chips and dip they like you know <laughs> it's, it's like the random thing um also they don't like the emperor from star wars or maybe they do you know whatever it may be uh an introvert is going to dig 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 now i mean i think the challenge there is to be curious in both an extrovert and an introvert way and it takes a lot of energy and a lot of it has you have to be present right you have to be aware when you're being curious um and i don't know when you when you i think the inspiration comes though doesn't it when you learn enough and then you kind of feed that back and you say well, you could do that you know someone maybe tells you a challenge that they're up against um i've had this happen uh, plenty of times and i try to turn that challenge back to them and say it sounds to me like you got everything you need to do it. You know, I, I think that's the way curiosity works is you find something, right? And you and you kind of turn that back around as a, you know, almost like a mirror, isn't it? Well, since we're on the Wonder Tour, I'd like to talk about the story and the narrative arc that's going on. That is what you're looking for. That I think that if there is a purpose to curiosity, to becoming curious explorers, it is so that we can find our place in the narrative, so that we can discover what's going on in the scene uh, here, so that we can progress the story along, right? So if that's the case, then first and foremost, I think we have to understand who are we in the story. And I, what you said there about introverts and extroverts, I think generally can be true. Uh, it, it was good for me to think about it that way. I think it is also based on personality traits, right? Because there are a lot of different personality types that will end up as introverts and extroverts and, you know, that as well. I think different different introverts might go for different information, different types of information and conversations for sure. You know, looking for similarities to the other people, looking for whereas an extrovert is just like happy to be there and happy to be having conversation and stuff. So you're right. Definitely shallower versus deeper. Again, not a formula, though, just kind of an observation. But in order to be curious, I think we have to know who we are in the story. That has to be the starting point. Because as I've examined myself, you know, why am I curious? Why was I not curious at times in my life or in situations in my life versus other situations in my life? I think I'm the most curious when I am sure of who I am and that who I am, I am is a leader, is somebody who is is responsible, who has to take ownership of things, who is progressing the story and helping others to progress their story, to find freedom, whatever it might be. If that's the narrative, then I simply must be curious. It becomes this, you know, this catch for me where, OK, if, if I see myself that way entering the situation, then I'll have to be curious. Right. If I'm if I'm an evaluator on a project, then my job is to make sure that that project is successful. Thus, I can't just sit in the back corner and not ask questions. I have to ask questions that come, you know, I have to understand what's going on here so that I can help the project to succeed. I think you're you're touching on something. Thank you for, <laughs> as, uh, as, as per usual, I mean, uh, the reason that this, this tour works um, 
is because, you know, you know how to bring it back to the, I mean, we do it to each other, honestly. And I think it's great. We, we can reframe and get back on track. So yeah, I, I tend to sprawl out sometimes, but I, I do appreciate the linking it back. So thank you. Um, but, you know, getting back to the evaluator, you know, it, it, having that purpose, right? And um, I, I was just thinking about as you were talking is, is that it's not curiosity to make yourself look good. It's not curiosity. It is for a magnanimous purpose. And I want to say that, you know, we want to use curiosity for magnanimous purposes, meaning that, you know, we can become better leaders and we can make the people around us better leaders. That is the purpose of curiosity in this in this wonder tour uh, and in the journeys that we are on specifically. You're asking questions. You're it's not veiled curiosity. I think there is something there where, like, let's say you're you're you know you're talking about the evaluator role again. Um, it is not uh, it's not a, a fake curiosity just to show knowledge that you have. You know, because I think we've seen that um, this is a curiosity that is playing, playing very naively, predicting. I would say the predicting piece in this case would be uh, as as aspirational and as optimistic as possible while being completely blank slate and learning from the get go, you know, everything that the person wants to tell you about their project, you know. Um, you 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 have to follow the narrative arc. That's the thing. You can't be distracted in a conversation, in a in a meeting or a working session or whatever. If you want to be curious, you have to avoid being distracted. I know that's near and dear to all of our hearts right now, as we're all distracting ourselves to death um, with phones and social media and everything else. And there's good aspects of you know having the interconnectedness as well. So I don't want to just crap on it, but we have to be careful that we are focused on the right things and. In the moment, we have to be focused on where are we at in the story and who are we. And from there, the curiosity will come. Let's look at the example of Buddy the Elf, right? Buddy, who is Buddy the Elf? Well, number one, he sees himself as an elf. So he he subscribes to the elf culture, to the North Pole. You know, he's he's from the North Pole. He is a member of that community. And as a member of that community, we see him in the early scenes of the movie. He's being taught about elf culture. He's being taught about the Christmas spirit. He's being taught about the purpose of the elves, the purpose of Santa, the purpose of Christmas. And he's learning from that. And he he takes that all to heart. That becomes his purpose. His purpose is to spread Christmas cheer, right, for all to hear. That's his purpose, to bring joy to people's hearts, you could say. So if that is the case, if he is an ambassador for Christmas, an ambassador for Santa, out in the world of New York City, then doesn't it follow that he must be curious about everything? And he's always curious, not just about what it is, but how it relates back to his purpose. How does this relate to spreading Christmas cheer? I love that because he really is dropped in the middle of uh, a lot of chaos and it's it's very, very different. And but he does not lose that purpose. And I think that is so important. Um, and I think we can, I think that's when curiosity can get lost in the shuffle. Uh, and I know that I lose it sometimes. I lose it sometimes because I get into, you know, 
I want to say, well, I got to go to this meeting. I got to go to that meeting. But I try to always make space uh, somewhere in the schedule to be, you know, I've read that there's two types of schedules. I don't know if you've ever read this before, but one is a manager's schedule, which is scheduled to the minute. And the other one's a maker schedule. And the maker schedule has a lot of open space in it. And it's because making takes a lot of time. You have to have essentially curiosity scheduled in um, and you don't know how long it's going to take. And I like to do multi-pass curiosity. Um, I basically am curious till I want to throw up, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and then I'm like, okay, starting to gag here. Got to stop. Um, and you can almost feel, feel your brain filling up. Uh, and you're like, okay, that's it. You know, um, so, and it doesn't really inspire till later, till honestly, I think when you see a product of curiosity, isn't it, isn't, isn't that when people get ex uh, inspired when they see the product of your curiosity? Yeah, that's, it, it's sometimes the inspiration that comes through curiosity doesn't happen in the moment. It doesn't have an immediate payback. And that's something that we'll take with us for all of this magnanimous leader journey here. The payoff is not immediate for this. That's why most will not take this path because it doesn't have immediate gratification. It's easier to get immediate gratification when I can just buy that stock and, you know, just see it go up, right? And, and be able to sell it immediately for a profit, you know, the next week or whatever, right? It's the, it's, that's the issue. People would rather get that immediate gratification then play the long game, right? It's like I can gamble now and maybe double my money, or I can gamble long term and have a sure thing that I'll double my money. But you, you know, we all know how that works because we all fall prey to it. Probably, I know I do sometimes. <laughs> and I think here with Buddy the Elf, you know, if you want to relate it back to him as again, is that people witness the consistency of his curiosity, and I think when I mean, because honestly, if you just have a flash in the pan type curiosity, um, you know, I don't know that that's really going to change people and make them feel inspired. I think no. you're going to have to do it consistently and visibly so that other people can see it. They can see that it worked out OK for you, that actually your life is richer uh, because you have gone through and done those. I mean, yeah, let's talk about that for a second. I mean, I've been inspired by people that have, you know, went and climbed mountains. What, what, it, obviously there's a conquest angle there, but don't tell me that there's not a curiosity angle with climbing a mountain. I'm curious about that. I think that's interesting. It's interesting because you don't, it's not the, the death thing. I mean, whatever, like, you know, whether you're going to slip off the edge, it's just like, what are you going to run into up there? What are you going to see up there? You know? And I can't tell you exactly why I think that's interesting. I can just say, like, it's just mysterious, right? Um, and I've been inspired by people. People have been like, oh, I've climbed this mountain. I'm like, that's so cool. Uh, and you, I think that that is a lot of the reaction, though, that mm -hmm. people give you when something's really far off. So you want to do something, obviously, more accessible if you want to inspire. So if we want to talk about how to inspire you can't be too exotic with your curiosity. Can we can we say that? Can we lay that down as a truth here? 
Oh, gosh. Yeah. That last thing you want is Magellan coming in and talking to you about some, you know, bringing some ideas back from the Far East when you don't even have a concept of, you know, you don't even have a concept of North America, right? <laughs> you just have a con. You don't even have a concept of Europe at this point, right? Europe isn't even a thing. Sorry, I'm taking a history lesson back, right? But the idea being that the last thing we want is to have one of these great explorers, you know, come back and not be able to relate to the people that sent them out. And, and there are these different explorer archetypes, and we look at them, and, you know, there's like the Cooper from Interstellar Explorer archetype. This guy is just innately curious, right? He he is drawn to the unknown. He's drawn to doing new things. Um, again, that can partially be trained, but I think some of that is just there. But I don't think that me personally, I'm necessarily a person who has that innate curiosity in my DNA. I think it was a trained thing for the most part. I think I can look to people in my life who have helped me and I who have modeled curiosity for me. And it was because I looked up to those people that I became curious, not because I had some DNA in me. I, you know, one clear, easy example is my mother. Right. I don't not I don't want to say that my dad didn't model curiosity, but more so my mom modeled curiosity. She was always interested in trying new things, always the one to be like, well, why don't we go do this that we've you know, that we've never done before. If we're on vacation, let's make the most of it. That type of a thing. And I think that's where I got the, you know, always telling me to try new food, whatever's on my plate. I think that was where I got the, a lot of my initial curiosity was this seeing modeled, okay, it's, you know, somebody that I have a high valuation of really has a, they have a high value on trying new things and on asking questions and thinking differently about things. So if that's the case, then I must also take that on. You know, having those wild cards. Thank you, Drew. That was that's really good as far as, you know, just a, a you know, example from your own life. Um it's having these these wild card moments um and just wondering if it's gonna work. And I mean, I think one thing is to maybe put yourself in some creative situations. Force yourself to be in a situation where you have to create something. Um, and there are limits that are telling you that time's up um, or that you don't have many resources or whatever it is. I think uh, reasonable limits on a situation and putting a little pressure on yourself, you will find that you won't have the – I mean, you'll go to one or two things, I think. You'll go to a script-type method. You'll try to find a script for it, you know. This is kind of the Pinterest thing where you're just kind of exhausted and you're like, I'm looking for an idea here. Even that in itself is curiosity. Um, however, you're looking for the quick fix, right? Um, you know, but the, I think, you know, as you work your way up challenges, you, you start to, you know, trust yourself a little more uh, and saying it, look, I mean, I think the number one thing here, honestly, is just make time for it, isn't it? Make time for curiosity because a lot of times it gets dismissed. Uh, and pushed out, not overtly, but symbolically by other competing interests. Well, I just got a notification, so I can't be curious anymore. As you said, you don't want to be as distracted. I think that that is really good. Um, what about... Um, Time boxed and purpose-driven, right? That's 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 actually really helpful, I think, hopefully, because you need to be specific, so you need to, you know, set out your purpose. You're a lot more motivated when you have a purpose and you declare that purpose before you do that activity versus when you kind of like wander into it like, oh, yeah, I have a purpose, but you don't like state it out loud to yourself or whatever. And then just time box it. 
yeah, curiosity is can be learned over time. So time boxing yourself to 15 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour or something like that, just using some of these different models that we have. Um, we have Cal Newport's model for deep work where you just have a very specific time, whatever the best time of day for you is that you're going to get most of your work done in like 90 minutes or something like that. Right. And you're going to, you're just going to stay focused, purpose driven during that period. You have Barbara Oakley talking about the diffused and the focused mindset where maybe you just need to have 25 minutes of focused work towards a purpose and then give yourself a release after that. That's, I think that allows us to be more curious is to have, I, I like this idea of actually time boxing it because you, I think you would normally be like, well, curiosity isn't time box. But I think if you're not, if you don't see yourself as a curious person and you're trying to become more of a curious person, then we want to start with number one, you need to, who are you, right? And that's a really hard question to answer for some of us. I'm just going to be honest there. We're asking some hard questions here, number one, but who are you? What is the perp? What is your purpose? You need to ask yourself that. And then if you really are, you know, you want to be a magnanimous leader, you want to be more curious, and we all could use to be more more curious in the right ways, this is definitely leading up towards wisdom, then you want to have yourself a specific kind of time-bound time for curiosity, let yourself release and reflect on it and come back to it. You don't have to do, you know, the next day, the next week or something like that, right? Build up to it slowly. It doesn't, it's not just one day that you're going to just watch you know, whatever Ernest Shackleton's Journey to Antarctica or whatever it's called um, about, you know, to get the first 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 crew to, to come back from Antarctica and you're just going to conquer the world the next day. That's just not how it works. We got to we grow over time. But I, going back maybe to step number two, it wanted to really, who are you and what is your purpose? I mean, what the Wonder Tour helps us with that. It's helped me immensely with that, right? Looking at these other people and seeing. I know looking at Buddy the Elf, next week we're going to be looking at Shang-Chi. That's inspiring. The level of curiosity and exploration and the mindset and the hero's journey and stuff like that, right? That's why we love these stories, because we like to see ourselves in them, because they're leading towards some greater purpose that we would like to believe in or would like to align with. So if that's the case, like, let's leverage these. That's the point of Wonder Tour. Let's leverage these stories and let's help find where we relate to these stories and let's get motivated, right? What's you, what's taking it like full, full scale? Like, what's our Marvel Cinematic Universe and what characters are we playing in it? And, you know, maybe we're not necessarily one of the Avengers, but we're playing one of these. We're going to be we're one of these characters in this. And we, we like being that, right? Our, my personality is I want to be like that character. Oh, yeah. You're you're parts of those characters at different times you know and i think that's the thing is you're you're really an amalgamation and, and it, to to sit here and say that we're not an amalgamation of uh you know the people the leaders that have come before us you know that's doing them a disservice i mean really you're i mean i'm i'm constantly picking up little pieces here and there you dropped a couple names uh you know of authors that have influenced you and i think that's that's exactly what we're shooting for um, I, I like the idea, like you said, of, you know, of doing the time boxed, uh, putting some limits on it at first. And I would say this, that it is to develop your internal sense, your internal compass of when enough is enough when it comes to curiosity. You will start to symbolically know as you learn to trust yourself and as you see the curiosity work out, 
you're going to be able to flip the switch on and off. It's just, honestly, it's just dusting off the switch. You know, you got it. You just need to turn it on sometimes, you know. Now, at first, you're scared of it, right? At first, you're scared of it. You think it's a waste of time. It's going to be a complete debacle. I, I don't know. I, I really just want to stay in the day to day, da, 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 you know. But you want to dust off the switch. You want to flick it on. And you want to flick it off after the timer goes off. You start with that. But eventually, you're going to get a feel for uh, knowing when to stop. You're just going to know. You're just going to say, you know what? Um, I'm not really finding a whole lot new here. And I, let's talk about that for a second. Like, I think one thing that can be inspirational to people, uh, I, I know it is to me, is if you find multiple perspectives on the same thing that you are being curious about. And you are able to find a thread between those things. Um, I, I know that that's when people start to realize, like, wait a minute, I think there is a payoff here. I'm starting to see that there's something emerging from, you know, these multiple perspectives and multiple ways of uh, approaching this problem. Um, again, this is why I say creativity and curiosity go hand in hand because you're really, you really are searching for connections. Um, and I think. Uh, and now, in the in the in the case of Buddy the Elf, though, right? I mean, he really his connection. No, he's not really doing so much as connections as he's taking these things that he knows prior, uh, and he's really just applying in the new contexts, and he's just seeing how how that feels. <laughs> and I love that. I think that's fun. Um, what do you think about that? That's just that's bringing and, forward what we did from the risk up, you know, part one and the risk. Is we talked about when you know risk mitigation, when to take the right you know the right level of risks, and we talked about how in a naive model and a predictive model sometimes you know you you have too much of the naive or too much of the predictive, um, and I think what you're bringing is a little bit of a different perspective to that, which is hey sometimes the risk you know when the risk is kind of ish understood, it's okay to to take too much naivety, that's and that's what Buddy, Buddy the Elf does right he's he's trying to fit a model from the North Pole to a situation in New York, and he falls flat many times doing that. But in the end, he succeeds. He does, he is able to fit that model from the North Pole to it, and and that and it's towards his purpose of developing, you know, this joyful character in people. So I just want to look at one example, because this scene's really fun. The scene in the mailroom with our friend Buddy the Elf, he is stripped of his green and red attire, so he's no longer, right, they're kind of trying to make him into a, a human instead of an elf. He's put into this mailroom, and yet he's still curious. He gets in there, and he's getting his head stuck in the, the suction machine or whatever. Uh, I don't know what you call that, the, tu the mail tube. Getting his head stuck in the mail tube. He's The people are not enjoying him at all. A little bit frustrated here, right? He's, he's out of his element. People are trying to force him into their structures, into their models, and telling him that his models aren't going to work. And so, yeah, he does, you know, he makes a couple mistakes. He gets a little bit liquored up here. Um, we'll, we'll just keep that on the side. But what ends up happening in this situation is he brings joy to all of these people who are, are not very joyful when he first shows up, right? He's wearing the suit and tie and he's dancing on the table. Boom, there it is. And he's doing all this, you know, he all the people are clapping and cheering him on and having fun, right? Buddy is able to, even in a 
tough environment, he's able to keep his eyes focused on his purpose. You know, they strip him of his outward appearance that he's the emissary of Santa and Christmas spirit and stuff. And yet he still, he gets frustrated and, and he keeps coming back to his purpose, right? He has, he's so purpose driven that he finds a way to continue to be curious, even in an adverse situation. And that's, that's totally refreshing. And I think that we, that really is the lesson of, uh, you know, today's episode, which is, you know, we want to uh, bottle that up right there um, because it's him. It's not what he was wearing. You know, or if he was wearing his elf costume, if you notice, that causes reverse curiosity, um, which is, you know, how we look, how we're perceived can cause other people to be curious about us. There is a time and place for that. Um, but obviously, in this case, you know, his his overall curiosity and the new way and the fresh way he looks at things uh, inspires people to let their guard down. And it really builds joy. Uh, it builds camaraderie. I mean, you know, it is just it's it's good all the way across the board. And I've seen curiosity work the exact same way, um, you know, in the real world. I really have, um, you know, and so many times. And, so like yeah, I so cannot count so, the yeah. number of times that curiosity works and that, that you feel like you're in a mail room with a bunch of people who just are trying to get by. And just introducing an ounce of curiosity into that room, suddenly, like, it, it doesn't always work. Again, this is what the risk, the idea of taking risks, curious risks is about. It doesn't always work. But if you if you can take what you know, take your purpose and kind of get it all in there, bottle it all up and release it into the room, it's infectious. Suddenly, the whole room is seeing things more vibrantly. And, 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 you know, we want to we want to be leaders like that. I mean, I think that um, if you can show that, but you're in a tough role, uh, I think that speaks volumes to people. Um, you know, you may have a demanding role and yet you you make the time. I think you inspire others to make time. I think you in, inspire others to make space for curiosity and to continue their development, because honestly, uh, if you're not if you're not feeling the whole curiosity angle, you may want to ask yourself, you know, am I developing? A- am I the same as I was yesterday? Um, it gets back to the growth and fixed mindset, I think, a little bit, um, which is that we may view ourselves as fully developed in certain areas, um, but that may or may not be true. And how do you how do you evaluate that best? Well, I think you've got you, you. I try to take naive perspectives of myself. I say, you know, how am I perceived in this area? How am I perceived in this way? It hurts. <laughs> it's a hurtful conversation to have with yourself, you know, because you feel the pain of having inadequacies. But if you can get there, uh, you can actually unlock. Uh, more curiosity because you're willing to, you're willing to throw it out there. You're willing to spend because uh, you realize the payoff is it, it is immense. And not only the payoff for you. Again, let's break out of that. We're magnanimous leaders, right? I mean, the whole reason we talk about magnanimous leadership is because we want to be leaders that actually lead others, not you know, not get them to just follow them and, and repeat the same things that they say, but inspire the best in everyone. Right. So that they can become who they're supposed to be. Right. Uh, the best version of themselves. 
Um, so I think that's what curiosity, full-born and fully mature really does. And you know well, when, when to you use find it. Yourself. Yeah, when you find yeah. yourself in the story, like let's start by taking personal responsibility, right? As a leader, we must take ownership. So first we have to ask, let's just rehash the model once more real quick. Who are you? Number two, what is your purpose? And then number three is really where are we at in the story? What scene are we, we said before it's a time box purpose driven curiosity session, but really it's the present scene, right? What scene are you in right now? Look around, evaluate the scene. Oh, wait, now you're already being curious. That's it. You've, you know, at this point, you've gotten to the point that you're curious. And what happens when you, as a magnanimous leader character in the story, are curious? The other characters in the story are also potentially going to become curious themselves. So you're able to spread that curiosity. And we know curiosity takes energy. So a lot of times I need Derek to be curious with me so that we can share the load of that energy. So it's really this, it's magnanimous leadership is reflexive. It comes back to you. It's not why we do it, that it gives you some sort of a benefit, but it, it does, it comes back to you over time, the things that you do, because you're creating you know, you're giving other people the opportunity to be free, to be creative, to be the best versions of themselves. And when they are that when they are that way, it's going to create better situations for you as well. I don't have much to add to that. I think that's it, that's exactly you know why we're doing this. I mean, I think that's the, the main thing that I want to say is that, you know, we're here right now on this podcast because, you know, we were curious about how these things have affected us in our lives, these stories. And, you know, how then we could turn that around and transform it into inspiration uh, and leadership, because uh, ultimately that, that that is and I'm going to say a trite phrase here, but leaders inspire leaders inspire. <laughs> um, you know, I, it's so hard sometimes when you start to get into the traditional verbiage of leadership to not say something that's already been said. Um, that is difficult. And I think that's probably sometimes the stigma that comes along with, well, um, yeah, I found this leadership podcast again, uh, a new one. Uh, yeah, no, I know it's the fifth one this week. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, yeah, it, it's pretty good. You know, I don't, I don't ever want us to be in that category. Um, and I don't think we will be, you know, as far as just another, you know, thing to listen to. I mean, I, I really do want to say that we put our heart into, you know, making this totally unique and, and definitely a perspective that you have not heard before. And I think we do that uh, through leveraging these stories because I don't know, I've never run across this before. That's why we made it. We're like, um, I don't know, no one's ever done this. So yeah, let's jump into it and do that, right? Let's try to figure out how to be better leaders from these stories because that's the way it's playing out in our stories. Um, you know, and let me let me add to that, Derek. I was, I, I, was, I don't I was know. You can. I'm, I'm I'm coming off the cuff here, but you can use the stories from the Wonder Tour in your own teams, in your own families, in your own life. Like these are not these are not copyrighted things from us, where we we came up with you know oh in in Parks and Rec there's a kaboom that you know and there's this idea of the kaboom and if you could go from top to bottom and you could really have the vision go all the way down to the execution then you know you'd have something there right no that we're doing these things to share them with the other people that are on the wonder tour with us so if something here has been useful to you and it's helped you to understand a concept or how to grow then share that with other people that's fine <laughs> go for it 
that is the point for sure. And that's, <clears throat> that's what we mean when we say magnanimous leadership, right? It's, we want that, that leadership to spread out and, uh, and continue to reverberate. So I think that's a good place to leave it. What do you think? Yeah, I think we're good there. We, we've come up with our kind of, again, I want to say this, there are no, there is no formula for leadership, but there are formulas, right? And the, it's the idea that we have all these different models and that if you could just, you know, with all the models kind of comprehensively, we have some sort of a idea of how to do this thing, but no one formula is going to do it. And no one formula is always accurate. So what we have here is, is just one way of thinking about it. We'll riff on that next week <laughs> when we come back. Yeah, we're going to be, uh, I'll, I'll get to that in a second here. Um, yeah, so if you had anything you wanted to add on this episode regarding inspiring curiosity and how to have it, uh, that'd be great. Uh, hit us up on The Wonder Tour on Twitter. And um, next time we're going to be talking uh, Job Bluth. And, you know, he's kind of the magic man. Um, now, tricks or illusions, Drew? Both, right? Yeah, we're going to find out. We're going to find out what the difference is between tricks or illusions as we enter into a rabbit hole on arrested development focused around. Joe Bluth and his spirit of curiosity. I love it. All right. Well, remember, not all who wonder are lost. We'll see you next time.